0: McMaster has over 210,000 alumni living in 140 countries around the world. Unconventional will introduce you to some of our alumni who are working to make our world a brighter place in their own unique way. Join me, Karen McQuig, alumni director at Mac as we learn the moments that their path from Mac became unconventional. I'm thrilled to welcome our guest, Alexander Salas, a 2016 and 2017 English graduate who completed both his bachelor's and master's degrees at Mac. Alexander's career trajectory has been untraditional, but one could argue that his career twists and turns make for great storytelling, especially now in his current position as contributing editor with the Literary Review of Canada. With an open mind and a knack for trying new things, and an attitude that allows him to make the most of every opportunity presented to him, Alexander now finds himself involved with writing book reviews for authors including Hillary Clinton, Chris Hatfield, and Mark Kingwell, all while balancing a PhD in English. What's his secret, you may ask? Never stop experimenting and always bet on yourself. Join me as we meet Alexander and learn all what's happened in his life since he graduated from Mac. And just a hint, A sweet potato has something to do with it. So thank you for joining us for our podcast. So why don't we start off with just, uh, how's 2023 starting off for you?
1: Um, A lot of procrastination. Uh, So today I'm supposed to be working on a dissertation and uh, doing innumerable things, and I'm just not doing it. I've just been sitting here... uh, Making I actually I boiled a sweet potato today, which I've never done before. I'm trying to learn how to cook. That's a resolution that I have.
0: Okay. How's that going?
1: Pretty badly. I didn't do it right. And it was like all like hard in the middle. And I cut it open and it just didn't. T- I ate it anyway because I broke, but you know, so I'm I'm, I'm trying to get better.
0: Okay, so cooking things. All right. So here's my tip for a sweet potato or squash is here's a trick. Poke a few holes in it and put it in the microwave for like a minute or two. And mm. then do that. And that oh, will sweep okay. it along, and it make it a much easier cooking experience for you. So there's no oh, good. Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you.
1: Um, yeah, no. That, and the other problem is, it's like a gargantuan sweet potato. I got these at Costco. Yeah. And they're they're like sweet potatoes. It's like the size of my foot, and I, I barely fits in the pan that I have. And like, I didn't put enough water in it. It was just a, so. 2023 is starting with procrastination and disaster, basically.
0: Okay. Well, that made me segue into like sort of when you were finishing, you know, your first sort of degree at McMaster, like, oh, what am I going to do with my life after I graduate? So (laughs) was that a part of procrastination as well or a disaster? Let's talk a little bit about like that moment when, okay, I have to leave. What am I going to do?
1: Well, I mean, I I don't think it was a product of disaster. It was more, I, I always wanted to keep my options open. And I was aware of the fact that I didn't know anything yet when I finished at McMaster. It was a good start, of course, doing an undergrad and then a master's at McMaster, which, by the way, I hate having to say that, like, I did my master's at McMaster. It's like the most (laughs) annoying tongue twister. Anyway, don't let that dissuade you listeners my problem. Anyway, uh, I realized that like, look, I still really don't know anything. So I should just keep my options open and I should experiment and try a bunch of different jobs. And there's no better way to learn the doing. And so I did a bunch of weird zany jobs for a few years. I, uh, I was a knight at medieval times for one day. That was a terrible job. Wouldn't recommend. I uh, was a chocolatier for a year and a half. I worked at a shoe store. I played the drums in a metal band for a while. I did a bunch of crazy stuff. And during that time, it kind of led me to figure out maybe, you know, uh, uh, what was important to me in the sense of a more linear career path, maybe. And, uh, that led me to the world of ideas. I think that ultimately I'm, I'm passionate about ideas more than any kind of, uh, I don't know, more sensory pursuit, like building cabinets or cooking sweet potatoes. I really not interested. I have to force myself to do that, but Um, The sort of abstract world of, you know, uh, uh, the academy or whatever is more appealing to me because it lets me get at bigger ideas. And the way I see it, I have one shot at life, and I'm not going to waste it on anything that's uh, less than kind of hitting a home run. And for me, that's a home run. So so that's my philosophy that I learned coming out of Mac.
0: Well, that's a pretty good philosophy. But I do think it's interesting because oftentimes... I even I mean, I graduated a long time ago, but I can still remember when I was getting close to be done my history degree. And I'm like, I don't have a linear path because I had made that decision when I was, I think, in end of first year. I'm like, I don't think I want to be a teacher. Like, that's what I thought I was going to be. And I did not. Once I got to Mac, I'm like, mm, I don't think that's really for me. And so oftentimes when you have a degree like we have in English or history or you come out and you're like, huh, you can do so many things. Which makes it sometimes hard for people to figure out what should they try. So mm-hmm. you took approach of trying things that had nothing to do with your um, oh. degree, and so you found out you liked, you know, ideas is where you wanted to, to to move. But in the in the depths of those moments when you were trying to figure it out and things weren't going well, like when you didn't succeed as a sushi waiter.
1: Um, <laughs> Yeah, and
0: yeah. Uh, medieval times, my niece would be so disappointed. She loved that as a kid, like, you know, like one day <laughs> and, and all that stuff. Like, what did you think you learned about yourself when you were going through that?
1: I learned the value of being unhappy. I think, I think that it's actually very productive to, uh, to, to not be, be in a good mood all the time like i'm unhappy all the time like let's not pretend i i'm an unhappy person all the time right and i think most people that are driven are because i'm never satisfied it's like there's always uh something better there's always another step there's always another rung on the ladder and i think that it's becoming comfortable with that idea it's, it's becoming happy to be unhappy if you will right um there's a great, uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about the books at some point, so let me just uh, dive into that now. I mean, um, I, for, so for the dissertation right now, I'm reading Hegel's Phenomenology of Spirit. My God, what a what a dense, uh, it's like trying to eat like pound cake or something, but it's great. And in the preface, he talks about exactly that and says, or it said, not in the preface, sorry, it's in part, uh, part one. He talks about uh, uh, the unhappy consciousness and how actually it's unhappiness that stimulates forward progression so you have to you have to learn to be unhappy you have to put yourself in positions that make you feel uncomfortable in order to actually ultimately derive any kind of satisfaction that's meaningful and so i think through all of these weird odd jobs and careers that i did for those few years it it taught me the the wisdom of that of hey you know make yourself as uncomfortable as you possibly can because you'll learn uh the value of 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 pushing yourself into uncomfortability
0: so when you had that moment when you kind of figured out what you wanted to do was a phd the first like i think i really want to do my phd and i think i i think i can do it because it can be a long haul doing a phd
1: Mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely um uh, no, I actually rejected all my PhD offers the first time I applied in two, like right after my master's, I applied to a bunch of places and said no to all of them because I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this yet. It is going to be a long haul. And I took that time to do all those weird jobs. So I, instead of doing a PhD, yeah, I made chocolate, but great career move. Um, but I, uh, then I, uh, I, I realized after doing all that stuff that, yeah, I mean, I think I think that is a good way for me to go, but I never would have had the resolve, if you will, to push through the, uh, the length and, and, and duress of a PhD if I hadn't taken that time before I jumped into it to um, recognize its value.
0: So how far along are you and where do you see yourself heading out when you finish up at Western? The school uh, that we normally don't name, the, the purple school down the road. Uh, yeah,
1: you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember. I still remember the uh, the Festern shirts at Mac. I'm like very aware of, <laughs> of the rivalry. Um, I'm like uh, I'm two and a half years in, so I've done the qualifying exams and all that stuff. I just had the dissertation to go, so I'm ABD at this point. That's what I was procrastinating on was writing this dissertation. Um, so I, where I'm going to go, well, I mean, I don't really know yet. I'm I'm likely going to end up back at the Literary Review of Canada, which is where I was working before I started the PhD, um, uh, in some kind of editorial role. I hope, anyway, that'd be nice. But then also, hey, maybe I want to be a prof someday. I don't know. I mean, uh, again, it's, here's the thing. Dear listener, here's what you should do. <laughs> what, here's what, what, what do you think is cool? Just do that. And that's it. If you think it's cool, do it because you're going to be the happiest. You're going to be the unhappiest and you will be the happiest because you're going to be putting yourself out there and you may not be happy in the moment, but you're going to get so much satisfaction out of doing that for yourself, right? Make people more uncomfortable. That's my philosophy.
0: Oh, there we go. (laughs) You've got some interesting philosophies here, Alex. Um, So I will have to say tempering chocolate is not an easy thing to do. So yeah, you've got that to fall back on.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: um, how do you combine your passion for storytelling with the personal stories you were experiencing creating for yourself while working in all of these different positions? And what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned from working and having so many really different jobs?
1: <laughs> uh, that's an interesting question. I, I uh I'm not sure I'm so passionate about storytelling. I'm good at it, but I don't think I'm so passionate at storytelling as I am about about ideas. Again, about about um, about trying to understand what truth is. Right about like what is the condition of, of of being human? I'm interested in that, in that big grand idea that I don't think a subject like math or science can ever get at. Right. Again, you can go to Hegel, who says that it's actually that that sort of arrogant self-assuredness of math and science is actually just it just rests on what he calls the poverty of their purpose right they actually don't strive and never could strive to understand truth because it's merely a studying the surface of things we're just in framing nature so how can i get beyond that that idea is the biggest idea there is the nature of what it is to be that's the idea that i find interesting and so sure if i can get at that idea through storytelling great if i can get at it through waxing poetic on a podcast, great, right? It, it, whatever method there is to try and apprehend that concept or that idea or that notion is what I'm ultimately interested in doing. And uh, I think the more content I ingest in terms of books, in terms of the art, movies, whatever, um, the more, um, the wider my spectrum is to try and try and, the more the more I have to draw on in terms of getting at that idea. So here's another tip um read widely and watch things widely and again like go for things you wouldn't normally go for the worst thing let me tell you the worst thing about uh netflix here's a terrible thing about netflix okay um, lay it
0: on me yeah
1: <laughs> this is I, I hate netflix here's why in the, in the days of blockbuster right you'd walk into a blockbuster and you might not have the movie you wanted right it might be oh it was rented out oh the disc was or whatever right So you might have to then rent something else. You might have to be like, oh, let me uh, let me try out this thing with a cool cover or whatever. Netflix that's never an issue. It's all there for you all the time. You never are forced to try something else. It's all curated for you. and, and, And you're never put in the position of not getting exactly what you want all the time. That's very bad. It's a very bad thing. Um, so I think Netflix is destroying society too. That's just, a, there's a, there's a little, uh, there's a tidbit. Uh, <laughs>
0: that's good for your promo for your podcast. Netflix is destroying society. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That could be
1: the little, you can do one of those, uh, Instagram quotes. Yeah. and put that up. Um, but, uh, no. So, so again, I think it, the, the idea of pushing yourself outside of the, about what you think you want, try things out. And, uh, uh, was there a second part to this question that I've lost in my rant here?
0: <laughs> um what are the, some of the biggest lessons you've learned from working from and having all those
1: type of jobs but oh, I think right. what right. i would say
0: is like i think you've learned that it's okay to take a risk and that you want to take risks
1: oh yeah yeah absolutely the risk risk is our business as captain kirk says in uh, the original series of star trek you got to take risks in life that's what makes it fun right so stop stop treating life like one giant job interview just be yourself like i'm fascinating. I'm saying this right now and you can't, you're, you're taking it every word I'm saying because I'm actually speaking how I feel. You, it's amazing what that does. If you have the bravery to do that and not censor yourself constantly, be confident and take a chance and taking those chances will make you more confident as will pushing yourself out of the predefined boundaries that you think you should live in, right? So take chances.
0: So- you've now decided to branch into modeling that's a that's an industry oh. that takes a lot of risk <laughs> it could be, could be either it could be either great for your self esteem or not so great for your self esteem
1: <laughs> right right that look purely a side gig complete this is how ridiculous my life is sometimes it just um it just kind of it, it, it just kind of happened right i uh uh i i plus <laughs> i want to get into the whole story of how i got into this cuz it's kind of boring but basically um uh yeah it's it's purely a side gig thing but again look it's taking a chance it's a it's an opportunity that presented itself to me and i was like why not i i would i would never think i would do that my mom said to me she's like i would never think you would ever want to do that and i'm like that's exactly why i'm doing it right like everyone in my life was like why are you doing that you're like the least i like you know, I, I don't care about what I wear. I, I never did. Right? Who cares? It's all just an artifice, whatever. And let me tell you what this has taught me: that actually, uh, clothes make the man. Is that Mark Twain? Something like that, right? N- naked yeah. people have very yeah. little influence in society. I think that's the continuation. Um, yeah, it's amazing. So, so I, I put on like a suit, say, and I go in public. The way I'm treated is so different than if I'm wearing what I'm wearing right now. And I'm, I'm not behaving any differently. So it just that's a way to just basically uh, 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 make people do what you want is is you wear the clothes how you want to be treated and that's it it's so simple once you learn how to do that it's a way you make i can i can adjust everyone's behavior just by buying a, a sport coat it's like huh, that's great that's, that's something i wish i knew in undergrad i'd dress that would have been nice
0: <laughs> so you um ended up after all these different kind of jobs and experiences you ended up being hired by the Literary Review of Canada. So why don't you talk a little bit about that mm-hmm. job? Because you have mentioned that, you know, maybe that is a goal of yours to get back there. And one of the best things people can say about their job is they love their job and they're challenged by it or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So why, talk to us a little bit about your role at the Literary Review.
1: Yeah, so I, I started as an editorial assistant. And I actually got the job after applying for a completely different position. Again, we're getting at the applying for just random things and seeing what happens. And I applied for that job um, with a cover letter about Santa Claus and he he crashes in North Korea on Christmas Eve and uh, he survives and then like liberates the entire population with Christmas cheer. And uh, I got a call from, again, I was goofing around. I'm like, whatever, I'm never going to get this. I got a call from the, I don't know, hiring agent, whatever they call them, And uh, she was like, well, you're clearly really weird and we like need to beat you. So come down and like do the interview. Like this is the most bizarre thing we've ever seen. I'm like, okay. So I went in again, not taking it seriously, whatever. I go into this interview. It's like the most formal interview. There's a panel of people already like with all my, like my dumb cover, all this stuff in front of them. And um, they start asking me questions for like 45 minutes about, oh, what is this scenario? and What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? So it's a very formal interview process. It comes down to me and some other girl for this position. So they and they ended up hiring the other girl because I would be quote, too hard to control, unquote. Absolutely true. Um, but uh, then one of the people on that panel a year later remembered who I was and he had just been hired as the editor at the Literary Review Canada, the number one guy, which is our country's national book review magazine. And if you're not subscribed, listeners, you should be because it's the best magazine in the country. And if you're not subscribed, you're not informed. Okay, so uh, he contacted me and said, do you want to, like, I need an editorial assistant, basically somebody like beneath me to help with the editing and help with the this and that. I'm like, yeah, are you kidding me? I'm working at a shopping mall. Like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> so I took the, two malls, after, two malls at that point. I was working two jobs. Um, and so, yeah, he hired me. And so that was kind of my foot, my foot in the door. Um, there was one other person working there, an assistant editor. Who was directly beneath him she didn't last and so he asked me then at that point do you want to take her job I'm like yes i do um and from there on i kept going until COVID, and uh, then i started the phd like shortly after COVID. Um, but i still write for them so that i'm a contributing editor now so uh, i basically send in reviews when they ask me to review something or um, i have an idea or something i'll send it to them um and then after i'd finished the phd or maybe even sooner uh, I'll go back in a more full time position, kind of like what I was doing before, maybe something else. Um, but that's how I got that job. And and it's it's, it's just to keep it, you got to one, like you, for people who are interested in doing this writing for magazines or professionally or whatever, one, the deadline matters. So it's not like even in universities now, everyone's so flippant about deadlines, like even profs are like, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it matters. We get it in on time. Um, Two, you got to like uh, have an opinion, right? So many people too are just so like dismissive of their own opinions now. And it's like every, every perspective is equally valid and everything matters. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Some people are smarter than other people, right? And uh, many people are smarter than me. There are tons of people smarter than me in the world. I'm smarter than a lot of people too. And so it is wanting to better yourself and, and sticking to that opinion. You got to be able to do that if you want to be a good writer, in my opinion. Like, like have a thought and put it out there just stop being so afraid to be yourself. Right. Okay. And then third, um, again, just reading. I think reading other people's stuff is really important. If you want to be a good writer, you learn so much from reading. Don't read Twitter, read like actual <laughs> read actual books. That's a good, that's good for your mind to like actually read thoughts with some authority behind them. So those are my, my three tips, if you will, off <laughs> the top of my head anyway.
0: So when you're like I've always been curious about this. So you would be assigned a, like a book to read and then you review it. Do you ever talk to the author and do you ever have that moment of like oh I really do not think this is a a good book? <laughs> and how do you write a review?
1: <laughs> I've never no, I mean subsequently to to writing and publishing the review, yeah, authors have gotten in touch with me and said, "Oh, good review or whatever." Before though, no. I mean, I I, I don't want to um, I want to keep something of a critical distance between myself and the author. I, I don't want there to ever be like an implication that, oh, you're friends with this person and that's why you're praising it or you don't get along with them personally and that's why you're slamming it or whatever. Um, I haven't gotten in a situation yet where I've known the author personally before writing the review. And, and I don't know. I, I think maybe that's, that's generally avoidable. There's lots of other people that can review stuff that who are not me um but yeah but but after i publish it sure yeah some authors have, have gotten in touch with me and said, hey great review no one said it's bad yet I, i've not gotten a review yet that said oh it's it, this review was terrible so sorry about that noise i'm very popular <laughs> um yeah so uh, <laughs> so yeah that hasn't happened yet but uh hey if it does we'll, we'll do a part two and we'll i'll give you that uh, scoop on what happened there
0: so have you always you're a pretty confident guy have you always been this confident
1: Um, no, I've not always been this confident. Um, I think I've, I've always liked public speaking and I've always liked being the center of attention. I mean, there was a huge class clown at Mac. You can ask any of my profs. Um, but no, I, I've I've never been as confident as I am now. And it's always getting better. It's because again, I know I'm, I'm, I'm never satisfied. I'm never a happy guy. I'm sitting here and I'm like, Oh my God, I don't want to work today. I don't want to read giant stack which I will, I could show you, but it's an audio thing. So no point. Um, I, you know, I don't want to do this stuff, but like, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to force myself to do it. And it's like knowing I have that willpower that gives me the confidence to do things. Right. It, it's like, it's like knowing I can push myself, push, if push comes to shove. I can push myself. That's kind of a snappy little aphorism. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's just, it's having like, you know what, here's another thing. It's like, like, be hard on yourself. I like that idea of like, I'm hard on myself, but it's not good enough. Like, be honest and change it. Whether it comes to something you're writing, or whether it comes to, uh, I, I don't know, going to the gym, like, or cooking a sweet potato, like, whatever it is, that's a theme, sweet potatoes. Yams are a theme of this podcast. Uh, uh, it's like, like, push yourself to do it better every time. Like, I don't know, I think that's a good philosophy to have.
0: So if let's go back to when you were graduating, like what's one piece of advice you wish you had, you knew when you first graduated or you'd give to yourself when you were graduating? Now looking back.
1: Um, one piece of advice, let me see. Know how to dress, as I said before. I think that's a good one. Uh, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to say networking and I hate that word, but it's like a word that everyone throws around all the time and no one ever defines properly. It's just like like the job market. All right. Let's talk about that. Everyone wants a job all the time yeah, for good reason. You need a job to live. Unfortunately, the job thing is like so many jobs are not advertised. If you know the right people, you can find a job. And it's like, so, so cold calling people and cold emailing people is good. You should do that. Somebody, if, if you want to work at, uh, I don't know, <laughs> pick a place if you want to work there find the ceo and email them, or whatever like like find what you want to do and just like email 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 call do whatever you can make that personal connection and uh, uh i think that that can be just as valuable as like applying through in, indeed more more valuable than applying through the actual ad because they're going to get two thousand people applying for a job and all the resumes suck and they're not going to look through all of them so if you have an in personally i think that can be good so the value of networking in the sense of making personal connections and uh oh yeah knowing how to dress as i said because you can just manipulate people um oh and um oh i was gonna say something else and it was a good one too what was it oh here's a good one when you're writing an email you got to put a comma after hi no (laughs) one gets that right that's that's a grammatical thing like no one gets that it's hi comma karen comma right that's how it could by the way what's it like being named karen in 2023 do you hate that
0: uh, <laughs> that is a good question. You know, I feel like the world has taken over my name and it's like, I know mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I was, I did not know about this until kind of like the pandemic. And I was talking about <laughs> The Karen. Like, what's, what's the matter with the name? And, and then, and then as a Karen, I was, incredibly offended on behalf of all of us and then I saw some of them what they were doing I'm like they're not like don't call them that name and then uh, so it could be any name but yes it uh it it, you know there was a lot of kids who grew up who was born around the time I had late 60s early 70s who were named Karen and they're fine people they're fine people Mm -hmm. I'll say Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, you 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 don't strike me as a Karen at all. Thank like, you. so I think like it's so, yeah, no, I mean, it's so unfair that you're just branded with this designation now. It's so evil. I, ugh,
0: oh, the world! Anyway. That's why I don't. That's why I got off of Twitter. I'm like enough of this. Mm.
1: <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. Well, the Elon Musk stuff too. Hey, eh? that's got to be another reason. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So, where do you see yourself in five years?
1: Oh, where do I see myself in five years? Uh hmm. Mm-hmm, 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 mm. um, I, I don't like this question. And here's why I don't like this question. Okay, because tell me why don't, you don't
0: like it. Tell me why you don't like it.
1: I hate this question. <laughs> okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use strong. I strongly despise this question. <laughs> how many synonyms can I throw out? Okay. I don't like it because um, I think that if I could, any answer I could give would be invalidated by the person I would be in five years. Because the person I'm going to be in five years is going to be so different from who I am now if I continue to live by this philosophy that I've been espousing for the last God knows how long, um, it, it, this becomes meaningless because who I am in five years is not going to be who I am now. So where do I see myself in five years? I don't see myself at all. I don't see me. I see a different, better version of who I am. That's where I see myself in five years. And what, what that means for a prof- professionally, as you said, who knows? I don't know what that means professionally. I don't know what it means personally, and that's good. You shouldn't know if you know you're not taking enough chances
0: well i see one thing for you in five years you're going to finally know how to cook a sweet potato in the proper way
1: <laughs> there you go that will be my answer yes you can edit everything else out just say i'm going to be cooking sweet potatoes in five years.
0: <laughs> so as we wrap up our conversation we like to ask a few rapid fire questions for you as we do that so let's go favorite oh. memory of mcmaster
1: oh this is fun oh rapid okay um Getting drunk with Usman on the second floor of Mills Library after our final exams. Shout out to Usman if he listens to this.
0: <laughs> What's your... Oh, oh, wait, oh, wait, wait. Okay. I have another good
1: one. Sure. I thought of another sure. good one. Um, I got a public intoxication ticket outside the student center one time. Because the, <laughs> and the cops shone like, a big light on me, and I was carrying my, a beer that one of my friends had given me. Yeah. And they were like, stop there. And I, I was like, I was like, I'm, of course, drunk. I'm like, oh, and I just started sprinting away. And then this this huge cop started chasing me all the way down <laughs> and then i like of course out of my mind i like put the beer down and i was like i'm not carrying anything and then they like proceeded to like arrest me right there that was fun that was a good memory
0: all right so uh those are uh alcohol fueled memories of mcmaster um, yeah. best or most recent purchase
1: um best most um um oh um foot size sweet potatoes from costco yeah, from Costco. Shout out to Costco.
0: <laughs> the place where everything is supersized, whether you want it or not. <laughs> uh, so, other than books you're reading for work or for your PhD, what book are you? What book or books are you reading right now for pleasure? If you can read for pleasure these Ooh, days. Oh, okay, yeah,
1: for pleasure. That's good. Um, for pleasure, I'm reading On the Road right now by Jack Kerouac, which I've never oh. read before. Um, for pleasure, and then I mean, well. Everything else I'm reading is part of some other dissertation or or I'm learning French right now is another thing I have to do for this degree. So here, let me quick. Okay, quick answer. Here's all the books to my left. Ready? All right. French Dictionary, Concise La Rousse. That's interesting. The French Tutor, Grammar and Vocabulary Workbook, 200 plus skill building exercises, Advanced Beginner to Upper Intermediate. That's where I am. Uh, Bertolt Brecht's The Good Person of Szechuan, Marlier's Tartuffe, Zizek, uh, The Plague of Fantasies, Euripides Medea, Hegel's Phenomenology of Spirit, uh, Hegel's Philosophy of Nature, Frederick Jameson The Political Unconscious, Lacan's Ecree, and The Signs of Logic, which is also by Hegel, and then I think that's it. Yeah, that's it.
0: That's a little bit, just a little, just a little, just a Welcome little. Welcome to writing a
1: dissertation. Any teacher, yeah. you, know. you
0: can have it. You can have it. Okay. So hmm. I'm not going to ask idea, your, what's your idea of perfect happiness? Cause I know you're incredibly unhappy as a person.
1: Yes. Yeah. But yeah, but my idea of perfect happiness, unhappiness,
0: unhappiness. Okay. Um, if, if I was to say to you, you have an hour to do anything you could possibly no money, no restrictions, anything, what would you do for an hour?
1: an hour with no money so here here's here's the gambit of this question okay do the laws become reinstated right after the hour is done and then i go to prison for everything i did during that hour or is it like (laughs) is it like uh free pass free pass for anything okay well, with that, here's the other thing. What if I accidentally like a millisecond after I'm still doing something illegal, like a millisecond after the thing ends and it's like, Oh, we got you. We have like, I have like much like when I got arrested at Mac for public intoxication, like I have like a big spotlight on me. <laughs> millisecond <afraid>. after. <laughs>
0: I'm afraid I should not have asked that question. <laughs> question at all. I'm afraid of the answer now. So I'm going to go away from that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let, so, let's yeah. move to a different question. Let's move into another question. Okay. So you say you're a drummer, right? You play in a, mm-hmm. in a in a in a metal band, if I think I've got that correct. Yeah. So yeah. who who are the great drummers of the world? Because there's some controversy Ooh. right now about like poor Celine Dion not being on the greatest. Mm. You know. So for here's your chance. Who are your top three drummers?
1: Top three drummers. Yeah. By the way, that Rolling Stone 200 Singers list sucked. Oh my yes. god, so bad. <laughs> Although I did like Aretha Franklin at number one. That I agreed with. The rest of it, so many, ugh, so many. Okay, sorry, drummers. Top three drummers. Um, Gavin Harrison is one of my favorite drummers. He's a guy who plays in a band called Porcupine Tree, and I saw him live at Metalworks doing like a solo drum set. Really tasteful and smart drummer. Um, A guy named Joey Baron is a great drummer. He does a lot of experimental weird stuff with this guy named John Zorn, who's a New York avant-garde composer. Really, again, outside the box creative drummer. Uh, And third, uh, hmm, who do I want to finish off here with? I think I'm going to say a guy named Marco Miniman is my third favorite drummer. And he's a guy who uh, is very happy and upbeat whenever he's playing drums. And I like, he's smiling all the time. He wears Cookie Monster t-shirts. He just, uh, and he can really play too. But there's a lot of joy in his playing. Whereas a lot of other drummers, it's just like, you know, you're banging stuff as hard as you can with him. It's like kind of light and always kind of fun. I I like that.
0: So are you, is the band still going? And how do you fit that into, you know, your
1: schedule? We are still going. Um, We're playing a show in March at uh, the Doors Pub in Hess in Hamilton. So uh, you should come. It'd be great. You should, uh, I don't know if you're into like sweaty, tiny venue metal shows, but you should definitely show up.
0: Well, in my Uh, 20s, I was. I don't know about now, but maybe for you, I'll make an exception. Why not? I'll be unhappy in happiness there.
1: (laughs) You will be so unhappy there. And that's why you should show up. (laughs) like that's 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 what it says on like a banner outside the venue like you're you will be unhappy watching the show like um (laughs) you'll hate this band um yeah we're still going we're still we're writing some songs and and recording it's a little it's tough because i'm in london and the rest of them are in hamilton burlington area so i have to kind of just send music files back and forth to them and they don't work fast enough and i want them to work faster the rest of these people um love them all like you know platonically love them all but it's it's like i just like let's go like i want to keep going. i'm i'm intense i want to i want to like get moving um and we have some stuff in the works that i i can't mention or i'd have to kill you but uh like some other stuff coming up
0: yeah i'm already afraid of your hour of free whatever you can yeah. do so let's <laughs> go away from there so do you think, do you, do you, where do you think you're gonna are you're not gonna stay in london when you're done right like do you think you'll end up back in hamilton or do you have any idea of where you're gonna land
1: I mean, probably not. I mean, unless, like, Western hires me or something, probably not in London. I'll probably end up in Toronto, I think, is the most realistic scenario. That's the LRC, uh, excuse me, the Literary Review of Canada, works out of uh, Massey College, but U of T. So, likely, I will end up in Toronto somewhere. Um, But who's to say? I don't know. You know.
0: And where's your next travel destination?
1: Mm, mm, Nowhere. I hope nowhere, because I don't like travel. No, Traveling—it's annoying. I don't like—I don't like traveling. I don't like vacations. I always get antsy. It's like I'm there. Like I wish you know—I wish I had a teleporter. I would love to go to like Greece or whatever for a day, and then just come back again. That'd be great. I don't like going somewhere and being stuck there for two weeks, and then it's like the, I can't like none of my stuff is with me. I can't like if I have an idea, I I have to like write it on my phone. Hope I remember. It's annoying. I like being here and like i like traveling through reading or stuff like i I don't like physical traveling it's so nowhere hopefully unless i'm forced into it
0: (laughs) i wish i could introduce you to my father who's no longer with us but i'd say to him dad you're retired you should travel he goes why do i need to travel i've got pbs (laughs) the world comes to me a,
1: a man after my own heart (laughs) <laughs> yeah
0: the world comes to me. Anyways, this has been so fun. You are uh you're a very enthusiastic and uh delightful conversationalist Thank you. for our podcast. Thank you. And um yeah, it's been it's been fun. So um you know, when you look back at your think of yourself as when you were coming to McMaster, mm. is there anything you wish you could have told yourself back then that you'd you'd tell you tell an incoming student now?
1: Hmm uh don't take macroeconomics that's a good one that's a good one i agree didn't like that one um (laughs) i don't know look on a more serious note i guess look buy an agenda work look um work hard and play hard i maybe tell myself that I, i in my first year i worked all the time and i didn't go out at all and i kind of regret that in hindsight like i was really obsessed with like not failing and uh I I I went to zero parties in my first year, like z- goose egg zero. Like I can't, I got to work. I, and and then in second year, I started kind of socializing more. So I think you know, balance the socialization with the with the hitting the books. I think having a good work work play balance is important. I think that's so. I would good. tell I would tell myself that.
0: That's that's a good way to do it. Well, this has been great, and I really appreciate you taking your time out and of uh, uh, your busy day procrastinating my busy day doing nothing thank you yes yeah yep. With, with, with the sweet potato and you know being happy um oh my to God. spend a little time with us yeah to spend a little time with us um sharing your story past McMaster it's been a real pleasure and uh I
1: really appreciate it yeah well thank you for having me it's been great